0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderputt. We really believe that um, worship isn't just a warm-up to get to the message or to get to the good bit, but there is something very uh, important that happens in worship. As we lift up the name of Jesus, as we glorify God stuff happens it's a place of encounter you know when we come to the foot of the throne we cannot leave that unchanged we cannot leave that the same because we've been in the presence of our glorious father amen you you, you're all there yes good Great. Well, it's good to see you. To be with you this morning, um, we're going to jump into message in just a second. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Kevin. My wife Sharon and I we lead the congregation here in Burgess Hill. Um I just got a few things that I want to get out of the way before jumping. Into the message, and that sounds like getting out of the way. Sounds like they're not important, they are. Um, uh, firstly, um, and there'll be announcements after, but I wanted to take care of a few. So, firstly, uh, it's Halloween soon, if you don't know, Tuesday is Halloween. Um, and as we were praying, um, we really felt like it was important to actually stand in prayer during that day, uh, during Halloween. Uh, you know, um, the enemy has an agenda. And then uh, and, and we want to stand against that agenda. And so we're going to do a 24 hour, over a 24 hour period, we're just going to stand in prayer over that day. So we're going to start on Tuesday at 7 a.m. And you'll be able to join the prayer on Zoom at 7 a.m. for however long it goes, uh, no more than an hour. Um, and, and then you're going to be able to sign up for slots all throughout the day. So on the website, if you go on the Bridges Hill page, there'll be, uh, it, it's not there right now, but on Monday, tomorrow. It will be there. Uh, there'll be uh, the possibility for you to sign up for slots. So from 7 a.m. onwards uh, until all throughout, all throughout um, 7 a.m. the next uh, the next morning. So um, dwell is then like every week on on uh, the Tuesday night and uh, we'll use that as part of our uh, of that assignment as well. So, um, yeah, we really believe it's right for us to take a stand, to stand in the gap, to be praying uh, during uh, that day. Does that all make sense? Yes, great, 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 great. Now, um, uh, we also wanted to um, mention that we are taking an aid offering, so uh, there should be a slate coming up in a second, Um, but uh, essentially we want to partner with uh, two organizations, Uh, one's called FIRM and the other one Isaiah 19, and FIRM stands for Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries. Now you all know what's been going on Uh, over there in Israel um and, uh, and yeah, with the Hamas and all of that. Um, and, and the Fellowship of Israel uh, related uh, ministry, uh, it's a work that contains more than uh, 50 congregation and ministries projects across Israel. Uh, and they're really there to uh, have a specific emergency crisis response uh, and help on the ground. So um, they're doing that right now. They're working hard to uh, relocate, shelter, feed, provide medical assistance, et cetera. And so we want to just support them. And then Isaiah 19 is another organization that um, that we we know of that works with uh, Jews and Arabs uh, across the Middle East. Um, And they have, again, relief projects uh, that will direct aid support to um, Arab-Palestinian communities um, in Israel and around, uh, as well as Jews. So um, we just really felt like that was right uh, to do. And so we want to encourage you, um, if God lays that on your heart, to be uh, giving and Uh, in your giving uh, just use the similar uh, same process as your normal giving just in the communication box or something just put aid offering and then we'll know what to direct the funds towards if that makes any sense so again i mean sharon spoke on it two weeks ago but we really and it will come out in the message a little bit but um we really believe that we have a responsibility to stand with what's happening there so that's one way that we can uh do that amen um Also, yesterday, uh, not over here, but over in Horsham in Foundry Lane. If you don't know, uh, we are not just one. Uh, congregation here but we are one church in many locations so we have congregations all over the 25 mile area around here uh, and one of our congregations in Horsham anyway for the whole church we had a light party uh, for the family light party for the kids to just have fun and just do counteract the whole darkness and Halloween stuff Uh, and it was a great success and I am going to embarrass some of you right now but um, I want to give a shout out to everyone who was involved do you guys just want to stand? If you were involved in helping at the light party yesterday, um, that, that's you two. That's Jude. That's Lara. Uh, if you if you were there, these guys showed up early. They set up. They stayed till the end. They packed up everything and then came home to Burgess Hill and they made it all happen. So can we just give them a hand? Because. Um, you know it's you can sit down that's all right. enough embarrassment but I think it's so important to honour honour our people honour those uh, uh, those moments where we commit to uh, to make stuff happen to help the body and it was a huge success the whole place if you've been to Foundry Lane it's quite a big hall Uh, it was packed with families with kids running everywhere uh, families from church and not from church uh, just from the area so it was great to see uh, all of that that it's so good at just uh, all the stations that was there, uh, games and stuff for the kids to play. And then there was a whole puppet show at the end with a, with a message, obviously, of the gospel uh, brought as well. So um, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, for serving there and for helping making it happen actually uh, Dave and Megs have said you know without you guys it wouldn't have been possible so they were very very thankful uh, for everything so thank you guys for being so willing to serve all right we're going to jump into our message for this morning are you ready Yes, right, so I come back, I'm coming back from Belgium, uh, we were there uh, for a youth conference uh, and, and I was speaking there and you know youth, uh, they're loud and so we would start most evenings going are you ready and it would go like yeah and then I had no voice by day two uh, but you know they get really excited so we're going to try that again and, uh, and no matter the age we're all young at heart so let's give a big yeah, are you ready, alright, cool, three, two, one, are you ready? Yes! All right. What are you ready for? We don't know. It's okay. God knows. Thank you, Jesus. Um, now, we we have a great message. If you don't know, we've been in a series around the book of Ephesians. Um, and we took a little break last week because we had a joint service also in Horsham um, where uh, Steve Upple uh, spoke a very timely message that wasn't related directly to our series. But we're right back in it um, this week. And we started in chapter three together today. So we're going to read the first bit of chapter three if you want to take out your bible get to ephesians 3 um, and um, and we're gonna start reading from verse 1 together and we'll go to verse 13 and the rest of the chapter will be for next sunday um i'll start reading yeah for this reason i paul the prisoner of christ jesus for the sake of you gentiles This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentile the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. What a passage! There's loads in there, uh, and we're going to try to, uh, you know, get through <laughs> get through all of it. Um, I think it's important, actually, before we get into. Um too much ahead of ourselves, it's important to remind ourselves of what Sharon actually shared uh, and spoke about the other week, because often uh, when people share around this uh, area, this part of Ephesians, uh, they actually include the end of chapter two and the beginning of chapter three together, because it's really treating of uh, about, it's really talking, speaking about the uh, the same thing. So the end of chapter two and the beginning of chapter three together, we see Paul's talking about the grace, right, that was given to him to preach to the Gentile to bring this revelation it says verse 6 this mystery that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus and it's part of what we saw right uh, two weeks ago that through the cross Jesus' sacrifice the wall of hostility the end of chapter 2 says has been brought down that there's no longer any separation there's no longer two people but the two have now, become one new man in Christ. There's no Jew or Gentile, but there's sons and daughters of God. And, and Sharon shared about the fact that the way to peace, the only way to real peace, is through the cross. As people have a revelation of what Jesus has done for them and the family that they now become a part of as a result of accepting Jesus as their Lord, you know, that changes everything. It changes everything. Hostility stops through the cross and unity then becomes possible. Now, now that we've said that, and I think it was important to actually highlight again this, wall of hostility brought down through the cross, two people becoming one because we are one together with uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters. What else is happening here? Multiple times Paul mentions this mystery, right? Mystery, mystery everywhere. (laughs) And he also says God's eternal purposes. Again, I'm going to pick it from verse nine. Uh, Make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purposes that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. I believe that there's a big picture kind of thing that Paul is hinting towards here. This mystery, those eternal purposes that Paul is seeking to communicate here, part of that is what Jesus has done on the cross through the gospel. But I believe that there's also the fact that the church has a spiritual mandate that's been given to it, to the church, to us. God's intention was that the church would become the vehicle, if you'd like, that would reveal this mystery and his eternal purposes. Because how many of you know that God's purposes don't change, right? They stay the same. They never did. This mystery of the gospel, this mystery of God's plan that was revealed to Paul, this oneness that we have, all of that, we have it because we are part of God's family, a part of his kingdom. All of that has never changed. That's what it was always about. Kingdom and family, right? His kingdom, his family. I think too often, right, we we pick up a Bible and especially in our culture, we read it in a very selfish way in a a sense. Right, Uh, Francis Chan, he puts it like this. We pick up this Bible and we read it because we've heard it can heal us, because we've heard it can give us life, because we've heard that it can give us wisdom, because we've heard that uh, it can free us. Can you see how it's all about me, 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 me? <laughs> We've reduced the gospel to one of salvation, which, which it is. It is a gospel of salvation, right? It saved me. <laughs> but it's also the gospel of the kingdom. And it's so important that just like Paul had understood that, and he's kind of hinting towards all of that, we do too. And so we're going to go right back to the beginning, and I want to kind of take, take you through uh, some scripture along the way that will show us That obviously was always all about his uh, kingdom. In Genesis 1, God says this, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground what do we see here God says in our likeness right uh we, we know that God is his relationship at the core he's three in one right uh the father the spirit and uh, the father the son and the holy spirit so he's three in one there's relationship there right at the beginning this family God's desire was always for that relationship uh to go on and so he creates Adam and Eve to have this wonderful harmony between him and his creation And what was the goal of his creation? It says here to rule over the earth, right? To fill the earth and subdue it to rule in that sense. Ruling speaks of God's kingdom. Again, his creation, his image, his kingdom spreading throughout the earth. And of course, we we know Lucifer comes in, uh, heads up the worship in heaven. Has this thought? I want people to worship me. Strike down like lightning to the earth, right? Uh, And and he sees the earth as his domain. He comes into the picture, tempts Adam and Eve. They sin, and now of course, it's not God's image going across the earth. It's not His kingdom spreading as such, but it's sin spreading across the whole earth. Things go from bad to worse, kind (laughs) of, and we get to Noah and the flood in Genesis nine and in Genesis nine almost word for word You see the same thing spoken as in Genesis 1. And we've actually done this not so long ago, if your memory is very clear. I've done something similar to this. But again, it's so important that we understand the bigger picture of stuff that is going on. Anyway, Genesis 9. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all of the beasts of the earth, on all of the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on all the fish in the sea they are giving in. To your hands everything that lives and moves about will be food for you just as I have just as I gave you the green plants and I give you everything can you see how God blessed Noah and told them exactly or almost exactly the same thing that he told in Genesis one? But he didn't just bless Noah, right? It says Noah and his sons. Again, we see that it's about family. What is this mystery that Paul is talking about in Ephesians 3? Is the kingdom, is the kingdom and God's family. From Noah's sons come the nations, right? We know that. Then comes the Tower of Babel, all of this stuff. Then we get to chapter 12 and Abraham and a nation comes through Abraham. The nation of Israel will be born. And through that, God's heart is to raise a nation to show to show what, what it's like to be with him, to have him on his side. And the intention was to provoke the rest of the earth to jealousy because this is my people. This is what it's like to have God on your side And then we see it in the history then of the Old Testament, the whole Old Testament, in the history of Israel, whenever they walked with God, they had favor, they had victory, etc. Whenever they didn't, they got overrun by the others. There was idols in the land, etc, etc. And we see then the prophets get involved. Ezekiel says this about Israel. For I will take you out of the nation. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my." decrees and be careful to keep my laws then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors you will be my people and I will be your God can you see God's plan through that for Israel for his purposes we see in that salvation the cross being filled with the spirit and we've been grafted into all of that right we know that we see God's purposes never change Never change, bringing creation to himself, his family, his kingdom expanding with his image bearers throughout the earth. Remember, I said at the beginning, the gospel is one of salvation, but not only. It's also the gospel of the kingdom. We often leave it it at the first one, right? Uh, uh, Creation, creation messed up, sin, rescue plan in place, Jesus, (laughs) we saved. But it's also about God's kingdom. The kingdom incorporates the salvation, if you like. In order to come into the kingdom, we have to be saved. So the salvation part is like the doorway into God's kingdom, if you like. What did Jesus teach us when he taught us how to pray? Matthew 6 says this, this then is how you should pray. Um, I know we're going to go a bit all over the place. You just got to you just gotta follow through with me, all right? But it, it is all making sense. And we'll run back to Ephesians. Uh, it's all going to... Uh, tie itself together thank you Holy Spirit in Matthew 6 Jesus says this right he teaches us how to pray he says this then is how you should pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven what do we see here in that first part of the prayer Jesus starts with our father relationship Right? right there at the beginning, relationship. We see the heart of everything that God desires is relationship. It's about family. He is our father. We are his children. And then what? Hallowed be your name. He's to be above everything, right? He's the one we worship. He's the one we worship and not anything else. Because the word says as well that God won't share his glory with another. And finally, he says what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here's our kingdom mandate, if you'd like, right? Fill the earth. That has never changed. This mystery. Jesus comes with the gospel of the kingdom so we can carry his kingdom to the ends of the earth. Right? So so we as a people today have to think kingdom, not just Church, is that making sense to you? Not just our lives either. We, we, we see in Ephesians that he speaks of one new man of the unity we now have through the cross. Jews, Gentiles, again this bigger picture. And it speaks of the, of the kingdom, the mandate the church has. It says the manifold, again in Ephesians, our passage for today. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms through the church right? He wants his church to rule over every power on earth. Can you see that? It's not just a gospel story for people's soul because if, if that was the case, once saved, we, we could just go straight to heaven, right? Um, but it's also about his kingdom, his image being spread, his kingdom growing. We are saved into the kingdom and become ambassadors of that kingdom, Right? In um, 2 Corinthians, I think it is because I didn't write the reference. <laughs> 2 Corinthians, um, it says this, verse 17 of, I think it's chapter 5. Did I put it there? Anyway, you'll follow me, Trev. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Salvation, Right. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Can you see those two parts taking place in there? Salvation first but then made ambassadors of God's kingdom and we are pleading imploring on Christ's behalf to the whole of the earth be reconciled to God can you hear that shout of the heart that is why we hear that is why we're not straight up to heaven if it was just a salvation story that is why we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven we pray and hey God let your kingdom expand let your image spread across the earth let people be reconciled to you because they need to know you they need to be saved they need to be transformed because you are the only one who gives us purpose in this life can you hear that heart through that scripture or is it just me we're not waiting endlessly for what is coming what did Jesus say your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven he means now right we're not waiting for a kingdom that is to come it's now we are seeing God's kingdom on earth We are ambassadors of that kingdom in our mission. Our one mission, the mandate given to us as ambassadors of that kingdom, things that Paul in Ephesians is talking about is that people will come to know him, be reconciled with him and that through that his kingdom would come to earth as it is in heaven. Can you see that? So important we get that. Again, I was at that conference and um, in Belgium. So, well, it's not funny. It's my bad, really. But I show up there and I knew I was speaking twice. And I knew in the back of my mind somewhere, someone had said something about a workshop in the afternoon. Kind of forgot. I show up on the Saturday. This guy that's in charge of making all the workshops happen in the afternoon. He comes to me. He's like, so what's your workshop about? And I was like, oh, uh, that's a very good question, mate. And then because I had nothing, right, I went, well, what workshops do you already have? And what do you feel is important or you feel like the youth would need to hear, but it's not covered yet by the subjects of the different workshops, right? There was loads of people invited, talking about all sorts of things. And he says, the one thing that I think is important and that we're not touching upon is God's plan for your life. And he called it something like walk into your destiny or whatever. I thought that was cute. Anyway. Uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm like right let's do that that's my workshop just put that title on and if people are interested they'll come and they'll figure things out the first thing I said when all the youth walked in is if you've walked in here for me to say to you you're going to be a policeman you're going to be a doctor you're going to do this you're going to do that that's clickbait right my title was clickbait you know this thing on YouTube where they put a certain title makes you want to click on the video but the video has nothing to do with what the title was about well my workshop had something to do with what it was about but it was wasn't what they were expecting right and what did I do I took them through this I was like it doesn't matter what lane you end up in, what vehicle God uses you to spread his kingdom if you don't understand that wherever you are in life it's about spreading his kingdom being his image bearer going out his kingdom growing then you don't get it at all that's our calling that's our mission that's the purpose that God had since the beginning of the the creation of everything That's what we are living for. That's why we are here on earth. Nothing else I want to say really matters. I I I know we you know we 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 like a lot of things and 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 of course god calls us right because i did i did a q and a and all these kids were like well yeah it's nice what you're saying but i have to choose what university to go to what subject to whatever and i'm like great god can guide you in that what i'm getting at is that in that university you go to if you're if you are not understanding that principle nothing makes nothing differentiates you from your neighbor Right? Because you're just there to do your studies. But there's a, there's a deeper thing, deeper reason of why we're alive, why we're here, and how God, in whatever setting we are, wants to use our lives for his glory, to spread his kingdom. Amen? Sorry, I got excited there, and I completely lost my notes. Um, it's more than just a relationship with God. It's more than just our lives, our prayers that God's kingdom would come to earth. See, if we see this life with a salvation lens on, then it's about us, right? Okay, I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. I have eternal life. Great. If we see this life with a church lens, then it's about a program. Right? Like oh, the a structure, whatever. Can you see what I mean? Like our church wants us to pray. Oh, they put another prayer meeting on. There's another dwell next Tuesday. There's another outreach. It's about a, a, a program. All these things the church wants us to do. But if we understand this gospel with a kingdom lens... We realize that we're actually fulfilling Ephesians 3 as we go on, we are here to enforce God's kingdom on earth, His rule and reign, right, should be made known to rulers and authorities. It says, the enemy sees the Earth as his domain, but we know that everything in the earth is the, uh, the earth is the Lord and everything in it, right? So every time we come together, everything we put on is an opportunity for us to enforce his kingdom on the earth his rule and his reign. Can you see that? And that changes everything because we need more of that kingdom understanding. Our lives are lived for family, for his kingdom. We have to think making disciples. God didn't say go plant churches, go put on a nice program, go fill somebody's weeks with meetings. That's not what it is about. But he said, be ambassadors of my kingdom. Go and make disciples. Create more ambassadors. We have to live like that. As people of the spirit, people of his kingdom, we want to be spiritually healthy because we are all key witnesses to what's going on. We are alive now and we need to play our part in this story. We've been saved out of this world, right? We're not here for the bigger house, the bigger check, the promotion, the money on the bank account, all of that. God knows and he provides sure. It says actually, Matthew 6.33 says this, And you know it, but seek first what? Seek first what? And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can you see God's heart in this? I'll take care of you. I got your back. I'm here for you. I will add all these things to your life, but first... You got to understand this is not about you. This is not about building your own life. This is about my kingdom. This is seek first the king. It's about my kingdom. It's about my family. It's about my image going throughout the earth. It's about you being an ambassador. This is what our focus should be. And of course, God is a good God, right? He loves us and we love him like a husband takes care of his bride. Jesus takes care of his church and his church is made of you, his people. So he takes care of us, right? All those promises, everything will be added unto us. But we seek first his kingdom. And I think that has very practical outworkings, right? As we seek first his kingdom, our finances are taken care of. As we seek first him, our eyes are fixed on him. His glory, his purposes, our health is taken care of. Our family is taken of. Everything he's adding onto that if we seek that first, right? I really believe that God outworks this as we put him first in our life, put him above everything, understand this bigger picture. Everything it says will be added. And I believe that God doesn't lie, right? So that's what it's all about the kingdom obviously has a king right god that's who we take orders from right if the the king says something demands something his subjects respond they are available they serve at the pleasure of the king you know that sentence serve at the pleasure of the king or the queen or whatever the king has revealed his mission to us this mystery it's about his kingdom but he's also a good king and we can't forget that he's not there with a whip do more for me (laughs) no He's a good king, a good God. But do you see this bigger picture? How we need to switch our lens from a church one to kingdom one. We called kingdom faith for a reason, right? It's in our DNA. We're not about just the local, whatever, this little thing that's happening. No, we here to see it's not even about us. We're here to see his kingdom. It's in our faith statement, whatever, value thing. To turn the tide of a godless society. That's what we are here for. What does that mean? To see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because when his kingdom comes and is established, everything changes, right? The society is not left the same. People are not left the same. Everything around us is not left the same because his glory has come. His kingdom is on earth as it is in heaven. And so I need us to understand that it's not about Raising a structure, a model, an agenda of the church. Raising leaders even. This is about raising spiritual sons and daughters, right? This is about relationship. Again, this family aspect. If you raise disciples, then his church will grow. The kingdom of heaven is not here or there. It's in you, right? Do you understand that? You carry his kingdom. Again, this concept of ambassadors, his glory in us. And he wants to spread that. Across his creation. That has always been the plan. Genesis up until now, there's been one plan. It's not suddenly something went wrong, rescue plan in place, oh, God got surprised. No, that was the same plan all along. What is happening now, Israel and all that, all the little, not little, but all the other shakings that are happening, everything that's going on is a visual representation. Of the battle that is spiritually going on for God's kingdom on earth. Do you see that? The wiping of the Jewish people of the planet. Beyond anti Semitism is the spirit of Antichrist, right? Like, what did the Magi say when Jesus was born? Where is the one born? King of the Jews. What was written on the cross when Jesus died? Here is King of the Jews, right? King of the Jews, we are brought into that. The enemy, he wants to wipe out. He wants to take as many people with him, right? He knows God's purposes. He knows the the, the Jewish people, the importance of Israel, all of that. He wants to wipe out the Jewish people. If he can do that, then, you know, God's purposes hopefully don't happen, I guess, in his mind. But they are going to. Can you see how the enemy's purpose is? He's fighting just as we are to see in that sense as many people uh, taken out, as many to go with him. And we are here, we're making disciples, gospel going out. We know we have the victory. We're praying, we're enforcing his kingdom on earth, ruling over this earth as his ambassadors and his kingdom spreads, his kingdom grows. People's lives are changed. They come into that. They become disciples and then spread it further. Can you see this bigger picture? Can you see what's at stake here? Once you put that kingdom lens, you start understanding some things. Your eyes are being opened to stuff that we cannot understand otherwise. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. right? In our lifetime, in us, through us, as ambassadors, our lives are lived for one purpose. Your kingdom come. You know, I really believe that, oh, I need to get on. Um, I really believe that the days ahead are only going to get more challenging. What does it mean to be a believer? It is to lay our lives down, to take up our cross daily, the word says. What does that actually mean? That we don't live for ourselves, but that we live the kingdom life. The Christian life is one that is selfless. And I know this is hard to hear. And you might be thinking, well, Kev, it's a bit over the top, your thing. It's a bit too much. It's a bit like, but we've seen it. You know, COVID on the grand scheme of things was a blip on the whole thing, right? There's more coming ahead. There's more shakings. If you listen to prophetic voices and stuff, they're all saying the same thing. But can you see how how many people did COVID uh, turned away from the church through that? Right? Because they got out of the habit of going to church. They got out of the habit of this Christian life, this thing that I'm on, this wheel of whatever. But that's not what it's about. And so so easily people got, you know, dropped, fell off, whatever. People got out of that habit. The days we go into are going to get more challenging. And the the world is full of things. That will pull us right, left and center. Distractions, things going on. Things that we put our eyes on instead of Jesus. But what did Jesus say? One thing is of importance. He said that to Martha, right? Remember the story, Martha and and Mary? uh, Martha is actually inviting Jesus over, right? She's at the, I can't get into that story. She's actually at the start of that. She initiates that thing. It says, Martha invited Jesus over to her house. Her Savior, the Messiah. Do you realize, live, Jesus right there in your room. I'm sure you'd have questions to ask, conversations to be had. But she gets distracted by everything that's going on. I got to serve the food. I got to do the drinks. Da, da She goes to Jesus. She's like, Jesus, Mary, she's, at, she's there at your feet. She's not helping me. Tell her to help me. Jesus says what? Mary has chosen the good bit. She's at my feet. There's only, he says, Martha, Martha, you're getting distracted and agitated by so many things. But only one thing matters. Only one thing matters. Me, Jesus, only one thing matters. My kingdom, my purposes, only one thing is of importance. And Mary has chosen the good bit and it will not be taken from her, the word says. One thing. I want to finish really quickly. This is going to sound really random. We're going to go look at the story of Noah real quick. Now, we can't read it all. But we briefly mentioned him earlier, right? Because his covenant promises were given to him and his family to carry out, again, God's kingdom or his image through the earth after the flood. Genesis 6, it says this. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's side and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. The days Noah lived in, ain't that different from the ways of the world now, from the days that we live in now. The earth is corrupted. The earth is full of violence, full of idols. They have corrupted ways. But then God gives him instructions, right? you're going to build this ark. The flood is coming. He gave him a blueprint for the ark. And he said that every animal will come in and everything that's not in the boat will perish, right? Then he says, verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now there's debates about how long it took Noah to build the ark. Most say a hundred years. Some others that I've studied long and hard say actually the promise was given when the sons were already, so you have to subtract this, that and the other. Anyway, bottom line is between 25 is the smallest amount to 100 years, it would have taken Noah to build the ark. Whether it's 25 or 100, it's a long time. You get what I'm saying. That's a long time. What's going on exactly for all that time, right? He has one mission. I'm building this ark. Every day he gets up, takes the wood (laughs) he goes to work he builds the ark right do you realize how crazy that is they were living nowhere near water it didn't make any sense again it's one of those stories we read but it didn't make zero sense to the human eye rationally it's like you crazy people were talking right oh have you seen noah yeah he's the guy building the ark He's mad. He's crazy. He's lost it, completely lost the plot. He's spending all his days towards this thing that will never be of use of any kind. Noah lived his life with one purpose, for one thing. The covenant promises that he had been given already, so he knew what was coming, right? He knew what God had said, God's kingdom on earth god's purposes through my life he had god's promise his covenant he knew what he was working towards it didn't matter about the rest it didn't matter what it looked like the way the world lived how crazy they thought he was one thing mattered and Noah he did his part right and then supernaturally because god does His part as well come on we're not able to save anyone but god is his holy spirit convicts right god is and supernaturally god brings all the animals all the animals, fills the ark, right? The ark is full. So we do our bit, God does his bit. What else is interesting? The ark, if you notice, go back and read the story. The ark still stays open after all the animals, after all of that for seven days. Like an invitation, hey, come. If anyone else can see what's happening, if anyone else wants to join, if anyone else wants to come, the door is open. After seven days, door's shut, starts raining. Everything is covered. Only the ark stays. We know the story. The flood comes. But oh, this invitation, almost to say, Come, come and be safe. Come and be with me. Come and be part of my purposes. Again, we see God's heart for no one to miss out. And God is speaking to us about the days we're living in. The church is like an ark. We, like a giant ark with a door open. We, these ambassadors, saying, Hey, I know this looks crazy what we're doing over here, but God is coming. And he knows, and his kingdom is here on the earth, and you need to do something about it. So come, come, be reconciled with God. Again, you hear that cry. All of that, (laughs) I know we haven't mentioned Ephesians much, but all of that is what Paul is pointing towards in that beginning. Those 13 verses, that's what it is about. That's what it is about. And sometimes we need to not just read this thing in isolation, but zoom out and realize, wow, God, look at what you're doing. Look at all of that and what it means for me today. Because it means something for us today. And I'm not saying in any of that, that all of us are, you know, not living the way we should, all of that. But I think there's just this call right now. Across the church, God is doing something. And he's calling for his army to be raised up. He's calling for people that, that, have, that are set like flints on his purposes. Not deviating to the left or the right. Not, not being distracted by anything. One thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. Until the day I die, I run the course. One thing. I press on towards what is ahead. Paul says, uh, Philippi, Philippians, right? I press on towards the goal, towards what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind, Leaning on towards what is ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Noah is the one who saw God's promises fulfilled, who saw his purpose take place. And I want us to be the people that see it here as well. And it's a call for us. Now, I don't, I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but I fully know that this is a matter of the heart. And that God might be saying something specific to you right now, across all, everything, through everything that we have said. Something might be stirring in your heart, just this desire, maybe to pray, to stand in the gap, to, to just declare his kingdom come. Maybe there's adjustments, there's things to let go of, there's things to, to, to press into, I don't know. But we're going to play one song. The, Jesus, um, the song's called Jesus Have It All. And just as you listen to those lyrics, just be in God's presence, just like Mary was. And just tell him, hey, God, I see what Paul was saying, the bigger picture of stuff, the purpose for my life. I want to commit it fresh to that. Just like Trev was on point, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is what it is. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to play that song and just let the Holy Spirit, just have a moment with God. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Then I'll come back, I'll pray, then we'll do announcements and finish. Thank you, Jesus. Give me a second to put this on Yes, you're so so good at this, job. Yes, King Jesus, have it all. Have it all. We're ambassadors of your kingdom. Serve at the pleasure of the king. Have it all. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. There's nothing good apart from you. There's nothing good apart from you. You are one thing. One thing matters. You do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for just your hand upon each and every one of us as we as we as we just process that word, what it means for us. Lord, I thank you that this word would fall into good ground into would bear much fruit would grow and 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 the roots will go down deep and be become this thing that's unshakable unmovable father that it wouldn't be blown by the wind or anything that comes but we are a people as kingdom faith we are a people that is set with our face like flint on you We are here to declare your truth and speak your word into being. We are here to see your kingdom come and nothing else matters but you, Lord. We won't go to the left or to the right, but we are here set with our face on you. Thank you, Jesus. Let your will be done. Through us, your ambassadors, let your will be done. In Jesus' name we prayed. amen.